in three. Uh, sorry, six, five, <laughs> four, three, two, one, and go. You were only born into the darkness. <laughs> I adopted it. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Cheesehead Haberman and Ryan Dazed and Confused Kinney. We are coming to you live from the Grammys, where Christian Bale just won Best Actor for his turn as Ken Miles in Ford v Ferrari. The SSEU started out as a fan cult of the Substandard podcast and is dedicated to excellence in trash opinions. You can find us on Twitter, at SSEU Podcast, in the Megathread, on Snapchat, Discord, and Slack. If you enjoy listening to the show, do give us five stars and leave a comment on iTunes or Twitter. If you have any criticisms, please tweet them at JVLast on Twitter. We are here today. It's the usual crew plus a guest. We are very excited that he is joining us again. You might know our guest from publications like The Bulwark, The Weekly Standard, one of his ten podcasts or however many. JVL, how many podcasts do you have going right now? Counting this one, four. That's that's manageable. That's a good number. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, give or take. Do you do anything else? That's not true. I sometimes sometimes I am a guest on the Bulwark podcast, which would bump us up to five. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Or was great. it yesterday? or Was it the day before? I don't know. It's a lot of podcasts. I would say yeah. there are there are multiple days a week when I come home from work having taped more than one show. No. It, it was Friday, because yesterday was the um, the guys with the book. Today was Tim Miller. So yeah, it was, it was Friday you were on. It's uh, great. The podcast bubble. It's fabulous. Right. <laughs> but but it's about to burst, right? It's not ever going to burst. No, it's just going to no, keep being bigger we, we forever. We are taping the, this a week after what other the demise have ever Dude, of the yeah, Bubbles really burst? Is that a thing that happens? Bubbles are strong. When have we ever seen this? Bubbles. No, what'll happen is it'll be like the the blog. I mean, the, so the professional podcast bubble will burst when Big Mattress finally really <laughs> like goes under, uh, which is going to happen any day. Did you see this with Casper? With Casper's going public, and anyway, it's been on. Casper's going public. Yeah, that's right. They're not a mattress company; they're a technology company. Oh. <laughs> well, what other? I mean, what other mattress companies have been supported by v, like that much VC? Uh, purple Fine. is public. Um, anyway, un, un, unimportant. What's, what's important is that, uh, like the blogging days, uh, we will continue to saturate because all the amateurs will be doing this for free because it's fun and they like doing it until what, what will burst the podcast bubble is a new piece of technology like Twitter, which comes along and sucks people's attention away. And so people will... I don't know. Like podcast will be replaced by gifts or something. I I don't even know. We don't know what it will be replaced by, but that's what will kill it. It isn't. It isn't just the advertising bubble. That's not the problem. Like whatever comes after TikTok will kill it. Yes. Yes. So enjoy the golden age of podcasting now, people. The amateurs like us, we'll get to keep doing it forever because 
Yeah, but there won't be any no one's paying audience for it anymore. Like, uh, like, like with the blogs. I mean, literally. Oh, you know, okay. So blogs, right. blogs basically don't exist anymore because mm-hmm. Twitter ate the blogs, and people realized, wait a minute, I don't have to write a whole three hundred word post. I just have to like make one joke. Jonathan, you don't you don't read my blog. Uh. <laughs> But a, a lot of people who got in on like the blog blogging bubble, they made it. Like a lot of journalists got their start through blogging and whatever, right? Right wing websites like Red State was essentially a blog, and they funnel people into conservative publications. There was some of that, uh, not as much as you think, though. I mean, I think you could probably count. I believe the people who started in blogging and parlayed that into actual journalism careers is probably under a hundred. Like in total, under a hundred. Total, yeah. That's that's lower than I expected. Maybe because yeah. I I live on the internet. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm driving around this week in a Nissan Sentra. Um, a youth. About a month ago, I uh, decided to do a U-turn in front of me, and as as youths are wont to do, so uh, yada yada yada. I'm stuck in a Nissan Sentra, and just just some interesting notes about it. There's a big display screen between my gauges that uh, when I turn the car on, it says, "What is it? Alert? Caution?" Can I just ask one question before you yeah. get too far away from it? So in Seinfeld. Yada yada was yada yada over sex. So was there sex involved in this accident? <laughs> no, he was just rear-ended. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> it, yada yada yada. Like I'm best, a little. Seems like the best part. But. Yeah. Only, yada yada yada. I'm a little sore. Only the tip touched. I was rear-ended and yada yada yada. <laughs> I'm a little, a little sore. sore <laughs> is well, the is the Sentra the smallest Nissan car they have? No, no they have the Versa. 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 Yeah. The Versa is. Yeah. And the leaf is smaller still. Yeah, but right. that's, that's not the car. Sentra <laughs> is small enough to be cheap and light. Um, but yeah, so this display um, alerts me. It says, caution, low temperature outside. And it does this. Th- Thomas, what temperature do you think it is that triggers this alert? 39 degrees. It's right around there. I think yeah. it's 30. Is it 39? Okay. Yeah, because only about for a minute of driving this around in January has that not been on. <laughs> so I am constantly alerted that there is dangerously cold weather outside. And another thing that I noticed that, that is different than other cars is rather than my fuel gauge saying empty, E, and full, or half tank, three quarters, it says zero and one, which, you know, actually makes a lot of sense because you're using like two different units of measurement if you're saying empty full and then suddenly you're breaking it into like half three quarters like so when i go in i say i want to buy one gas i mean <laughs> it, just, it makes a lot of sense right no i don't need one gas i need one half gas is is this the same on your cars zero and one instead of empty and full no it doesn't say zero and one so it's just a Nissan thing. It's not a newer car thing. Maybe it's trying to teach you how to code, like it's binary. Yeah, so it's it's binary. It's so, a, it's a oh, flight ninety three car. Code. So is Twitter gonna ban it? Are you getting good code? mileage out of it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's got like a two cylinder engine. <laughs> now, did your car get totaled out, or is it getting repaired? It's getting repaired. Uh, it's 
pretty minor body damage, but yeah, it took it's taken a couple weeks to body damage. <laughs> body damage is the worst. You get like a dent in a panel. Well, just but we can buff that out for four thousand dollars. <laughs> well, thankfully, uh, it was pretty obvious that the youth was at fault. Well, and, so uh, are we talking? Well, this is for- why no, but do you understand? This is why body damage is so expensive, right? Body damage is expensive uh, because. Some giant percentage of body of body work is paid for by insurance companies, right? right. So, we, you know, when your engine is broken, you, the consumer, are paying for it. Anytime there's body damage, nobody, anybody, like, dents their car in a parking lot, they don't fix that, right? It's only when somebody else is at fault do people yeah. go in and get the, the body damage. And so they can charge whatever the insurance companies will pay. Right, and it's not even competitive. I remember one time uh, insurance was covering a new windshield for me. And they're like, go to this safe light place. And like they charge like six hundred bucks. Yeah. Reason like I've since changed that same windshield for like two hundred dollars. Yeah. But yeah, when insurance pays for some reason. There's no fraud involved in any of this. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. The system is fully optimized because capitalism. That's that's right. Okay, we we have three cheers for capitalism. We have reached a commie portion of the podcast. So Thomas, as you know, I've I've got new appliances in my kitchen. So I'm I'm excited about some hot dishwater dishwasher. Oh, oh, oh what'd you get? What'd you get? <laughs> I got the GE profile. Your uh did did that land anywhere on your uh spreadsheet? No. He did not let <laughs> I me tell you. He did zero. three GE profile appliances. And I hate them all so much. They were pre-existing when I moved into this house. I will never give General Electric another dime of my money unless it's like the Jack Donaghy microwave. Uh, you know, Chris did zero research. He walked into the store and was like... Did you really? Is this true? Yeah. Did you just walk into Best Buy and be like, yeah, I'll take that dishwasher? I did not walk into Best Buy. I'm not a fool. I don't go into nationwide retailers. Uh, I don't know what sort of person would do that. But, Where'd uh, you go, Lowe's? <laughs> I did not go to Lowe's. I went to a local purveyor. Oh, of, good for you. Okay, that makes me happy. That's a and, very good thing to do. And uh, I'm going to text you guys um, the, the uh, rebate poster I saw, and uh, it's it it sold me. Unless it was, this is free. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying that you should purchase your dishwasher because of the rebate. All right, I'm waiting. Where where is it? I. I sent a text message. I, I have my text messages open. I'm not getting Here it. Here we go. <laughs> Wait, you actually You're looked, kidding. You looked at the <laughs> ads? You're kidding. That ki- what, what, this whole thing is a work, right? Was it Ray or BB-8 that sold you on this? Oh, it was definitely Ray. <laughs> it was Ray because it was like, empowering. And there's and there's no correlation between like why there like there's Ray and BB-8 on a Star on a GE. <laughs> it's not like it's just like here's some Star Wars characters you love. Also, buy your appliances. This is actually what the they have on the Death Star. Chris, <laughs> yes. did you get the whole the whole appliance suite here, or did, did. you just get the dishwasher? I did. I got nine hundred dollars in rebates from I'm assuming from Daisy Ridley. Did you do you like that middle drawer on the uh, on the uh, the refrigerator? I do. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. What did you get the the, the double oven too? Got the double oven. It's, it's got so Wi-Fi on it. Oh, you have the it's internet from anywhere in the world. So your house is going to get hacked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like people will be randomly turning. Yes, my house is going to get hacked. It has an air fryer. The ring hacks. 
Uh, yeah. So anyway, but JVL, since you're, no, since no, you, have you guys heard about the ring hacks? So like, yes. oh yeah, the rings people hack them, and what they do is, so they hack through Ring into your Alexa, and then the hackers just play their podcasts <laughs> on your Alexa. <laughs> we should do that. We are not at peak podcast until our podcast is playing in every Ring enabled home, or in everybody who's ever been tagged in a mega thread. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Like, what the hell is happening here? Well, since since you're not impressed with my selection of my dishwasher, which is uh, I would yes. venture to guess quieter than yours, um, I have another I have, I have another dishwasher story for you, Jonathan. Look, not you, until you tell me how many decibels. Answer the question, Christopher. Forty-five. <laughs> what are you, a farmer? <laughs> I've heard I've heard yours a knocking once it was installed, Jonathan. Let's that not was, pretend. It wasn't the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Teed that one up for you. So anyway, um my uh my wife, back when we were dating, we had been dating maybe six months. I was at her parents' house, and her parents at the time had two Siberian huskies. One was a husky husky. She was a big girl, full Full-figured gal, and uh, we've never been. Go ahead. Just as God made her. That's right. Nobody shaming her. No. And uh, uh, this is the dog, not my mother-in-law. Just to be yeah, sure. yeah, no, obviously. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, they've never been like great dog people, like as far as like training their dogs or having their dogs like be obedient. Um. And uh, for some That's reason, kind of dog owner I like so. <laughs> yes, you love you love punching dogs, Ryan. This is well established. For some reason, they al- let their dogs pre-wash the dishes. You know what I mean? Lick them. Lick the plate. Yes, they would load the dishwasher, and the dogs would lick all that yummy leftover food off of the dishes. Yeah, no, disgusting, that right? Look, anybody who's allowing a dog in their house, why not at that point? <laughs> right? Well, well, I'm sorry. Uh, like, but, you know, but, if you don't let the dog lick all the dishes in the dishwasher, then everything in the house will be perfectly sanitary. But people... people true. They, they do not wipe their butts. Yeah. It's true. And then they sit on your furniture. What, and people who find this disgusting probably let their dogs lick them in the face anyway. Yeah. So... Well, anyway, like two days later, Meg makes me lunch. Following lunch, she's loading the dishwasher, and she stops. And she looks at me, and has this, oh, shit, look on her face. Uh, she didn't say it. And I'm like, what? Do you, do you know where I'm going with this? No, but I'm very curious. No. <laughs> she served me lunch off of dishes that were not, in fact, oh. run through the dishwasher. Oh. But oh. only appeared to be clean. <laughs> Because a dog licked oh them. Oh my gosh! What the hell is going on? What What are you doing here? You should be in the hospital right now. <laughs> and yes, I married that woman. So, well, it's not her fault. It's her family. It's fine. Well, that was her final yeah. test for you. Actually, yeah. it wasn't an accident. She wanted to see exactly how much you'd put up with. <laughs> and that's my dishwasher story. Uh, Ryan, how are you? How was your weekend, Ryan? There was a weekend recently because I don't remember it, and it seemed like every other day. So, you worked and took care of your children. Mm, yeah, yeah. One, I two, mean, three, four children. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, all, all the days kind of bleed together, don't they? They really do. <laughs> there was a big development in Ryan's life recently because he finally had a chance to see Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's I, so good. I love it. Was, it's really good. I, I knew I was going to like it just because... Really? Matt Damon and I, mean, I think Matt Damon and Christian Bale are just having like a lot of fun and I enjoyed watching right. them. Not, not really good. I mean, it's not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's not like it's not one of the five best movies just this year. I don't know. I haven't. How many movies do you think I've seen of 2019? <laughs> you know uh, what? Valid point. It's no Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Endgame. Right. It's no no Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Have you guys seen 1917? We haven't seen 19. I haven't. I, think oh. I have. I have. I have. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's not better than Once Look, Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's really good. I'm going to see it, but I'm just like a little mad. Like the Academy, like two years ago, they were the Academy was just like, hey, Christopher Nolan, uh, it was night on the beach and day in the sky. We don't get it. So go stick a dick. <laughs> And then they're like, hey, Sam Mendes, you solved it. Best movie ever. <laughs> I'm going to see it. I'm sure I'm going to like it. I just, I'm not happy that people are saying it's better than Dunkirk. It's better than Dunkirk. <laughs> and I like, I like Dunkirk a lot. I know you do. That's weird. Yeah, this, is, this, that's is weird. No, this is not a criticism of Dunkirk. That's weird, though. I didn't see Tom Hardy in the credits of 1917. Is he uncredited? <laughs> Fair Was enough. Tom Hardy wearing some sort of mask? In <laughs> I don't think so. Like, no, no, actually, Tom Hardy's the lead. He's so method. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a totally different guy. Well, Tom Hardy plays Colin Firth in 1970. <laughs> World War One Hobbit is pretty good. There's a lot of walking, but I feel, I think you talked about this on the sub beacon, or maybe I saw it on Twitter. The fact that I walked in there. And I knew, as Sonny says, that it's, like, gimmicky. And I kept looking for that and paying attention to it. And I wish I wouldn't have known walking in the movie theater. That I would have been just like all the other rubes in there, just seeing it for the first time without knowing anything about it. And I think I would have loved yeah, it. Yeah, your problem, Thomas, is just that you're too sophisticated. Yeah. That's it's such just a problem. that you know too much. It's your curse. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, I gotta say, I... I mean, so the whole Sonny thing on the show was a was a work because he was mm-hmm. trying to piss me off. Um, we enjoyed it. I don't. I honestly don't. Th- so there are gimmick movies, right? I mean, a gimmick movie is a kind of thing, and that's where you have a gimmick and you then fit a story around it. This is re- honestly, I suspect that they came up with the the conceit for shooting it in one shot only after coming up with the story. For the movie, I can part, see that. right? I, can I mean, see I, I, I truly, it is done in in pure service to the story they're giving you, uh, and so I don't consider it really a gimmick movie, even though it has a gimmick at the heart of how it is made. I I honestly don't have any problem with the one shot thing. Like my my only criticism of the movie that I have not seen is that people are saying it's better than Dunkirk, which <laughs> annoys me. Fair enough. But uh, no. but I haven't seen it and I and I will. Um, but I mean, Dunkirk. Even uh, I'm sure you didn't hear this, but uh, Quentin Tarantino on a podcast um, is a podcast about uh, it's the rewatchables on the Ringer Network. Oh and yeah, he watched Dunkirk. Right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he said on that podcast that before the podcast was the fourth time <laughs> that he watched Dunkirk. He said he didn't realize there was time shifting until the fourth time that he watched it. <laughs> So basically, he's an idiot who likes <laughs> old neon lights and practical effects. I guess. And, like, has a really good editor and DP and, like... No, I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's... He just... He, he said it was because it was... All the scenes were, like, sewn together and cut together so well that he, he said he didn't even think about the different times. But it says it on the screen. So... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it. I mean, it helps if you know nothing about history, right? I mean, if you come in that <laughs> literally and done this, this movie, the first time you've ever heard of Dunkirk, right? Yeah, you could actually see how there's no time shifting, right? You right, could go that like, happened oh, in one day. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, why not? I, I, th- I think one thing that 1917 has going for it was that, like, the, this any any idiot can understand the story of 1917 like why he's trying to get from point a yeah, to point yeah he's got to throw the ring into the fires yeah. of mordor <laughs> yeah like anyone gets that. that it's reference. very simple it's it's it, it was good but so jvl we wanted to talk to you about your favorite movies from the past decade i love that episode of your show guys so much <laughs> it was so good and then I then wanted to steal it, and we screwed up the <laughs> attempt. <laughs> but and you, and you gave us the highest praise. That, yes, warmest color. Was that <laughs> that an else or what? That was that's like in. We've often talked about like in the mega thread or whatever, ranking like our best moments from the <laughs> substandard slash sub beacon. That's like that's immediately like top one or two. Like and Gene I had doing no warmest. Color. Yeah. He was to do it. He just you didn't. No. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. amazing. I was glad I didn't have to answer any awkward questions from Shannon. Like after the podcast <laughs> podcast bubble bursts and there's no more podcasts, that'll be one that people will still go back to. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing anybody will remember of the sub beacon will be the Gabe Rossman Gene supercut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because when this is all over, Gabe will. I'm volunteering him for this. Run his little algorithm to give us all of the genes in yeah. one shot, and it'll be the greatest like three hours ever. That's gonna be the money shot. Money shot. The gene money shot. So the the reason I distrust Vic's list a bit, I guess, is I feel like I could pitch him twenty different movies from the decade yeah. that are like good that I know that he enjoyed. And then you'd be like, oh yeah, sure. That probably belongs on the list. 100% true. <laughs> 100% true. What was his number one? Uh, I think his real number one was Dark Knight Rises. Yes, that okay. was it. Sound right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, J- JVL, before we get to your list, um, c- can you, because I don't want to forget about this. Um, I know you recently finally got to watch The Nice Guys. Did that make your list? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, it did not make my list, but it I loved not. it. Okay, it was great. Do you have any comments to anything you want to share about your thoughts on it? Uh, I liked it a ton. The 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 kid in it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! You know, she you know she's so Ned's girlfriend great. from Spider Man, like the newest Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's where I recognize her from. Uh, she she's just so her comic her time. So good, right? Yeah, Brian. Yeah, you and me, Cosmic I, Twin. I, I've seen that movie so many times, and she's yes. just every time. She's no, so and the Russell Crowe character is so great. 
and I, I don't know. I loved everything about it, honestly. It yeah, was, like, uh, in the, like in the first 10, 15 minutes when you see Gosling try to break into that, uh, like, unsuccessfully <laughs> and, like, bleed, like, you're like, this is going to be a really funny movie. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and uh, that's where you sort of, you know, when it opens with, because I went into this totally cold, knowing nothing. I didn't even realize it was a Shane Black movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't quite know what to expect. And then when he breaks the, <laughs> you know, breaks the window and cuts his hand, that's when he... But it just keeps surprising. I mean, <laughs> when the two of them are going up to the, yes, the penthouse yeah. <laughs> of the of the hotel, they get up as they're going up. They see the guy falling yeah, yeah. out the window. They get up. The doors open. They hear things. They just get back and put. It's hysterical. And it's you know, and that's a gag I don't think I've ever seen before. Did you have any idea Ryan Gosling was that great of a physical comedy actor? You know, I feel like I did, but I don't know why. Okay. I, I just, Ryan Gosling is one of these guys who seems like he can do just about yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, in the same way, honestly, what I didn't realize was that Russell Crowe could be that funny. Yeah. That's yeah. And I'm convinced that like some of the greatest humor is, is um that really gets that like guffaw, like laugh out loud is stuff that just shocks you. Um, It's just so outrageous. And so like some, uh, the last time I watched it, I had forgotten about um, when the uh, his daughter throws the coffee po- throws the coffee on her, and it's cold. Like she thinks it's gonna burn her. It's <laughs> laugh out loud funny. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Wonderful. Well, um, we didn't hear much from Shannon. Did she? Was she kind of? No, she liked it. Okay, she, she liked it. it a lot. Yeah, she was into it. Good. Good. I mean, All you right. know, it's not Emma or Sense and Sensibility or Bright Brothers. <laughs> For the non-Jane Austen division, it seems to rank very high for her. Before we get to JVL's top ten, Ryan, you have a movie quote for this episode, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> do it. We no, it's really long. Let's get to. It's uh, really let's long. Get to stuff. <laughs> what yeah. is it like a short novel? Like what? Do it. Yeah, and I I was gonna try to do an accent, but I can't do an accent. So I can do an accent. Um, Neil Armstrong accent. I'll do it. All right, so um, this is from this from. I have to kind of set this one up. It's from a movie that we've already talked about, nineteen seventeen, um, and it's the scene. JVL knows this. It's the scene where it cuts to one of the uh, 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 Andrew Scott uh, reading a letter from home, and it's just like right in the middle of uh, of him reading the letter is where where the movie picks where the scene picks up. And I'll say it. And I'll say it. I said, hey, you blog trotter. <laughs> and I said, can you guys hear me? Oh, My yeah. Computer. Froze. No, it's amazing. Okay. Preach okay. it. <laughs> and I said, hey, you blog trotter. It's 1917. We don't refer to them as a DOS house anymore. We prefer whorehouse. But I knew he has the lolly because he had on a proper coat and not the bum freezer like most of the gobshites and jossas that turn up. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead in the letter here. Um, let me see. And I said, you're not putting that Hamilton in my mange unless you put on the French latte. I love you dearly, but I need to go wash my foot. I stepped in the jerry and the Pollock took a Richard III in it last night. Bye. I love you, Mom. I can't believe you didn't let Johnny Ivy read that. It, you didn't offer Johnny Ivy. <laughs> Sounds like this person was from the North. Andrew Scott, Scott plays an Irishman, 
in, <laughs> in nineteen seventeen. Most people don't know that. That was Andrew Scott in nineteen seventeen. <laughs> I, I can't wait to watch the movie and I'm excited to see that part too. That's the only clip I've seen of the movie. It really made the trailer, honestly. <laughs> that was the red band trailer. All right. JVL, your top ten. So I can I talk a little bit about process here? Because I, I spent a good deal of time prepping for this show. Quadrants? Because, uh, no, no, so I didn't do quadrants. I'm not, I'm not a quadrant guy like Vic is. Spreadsheets? Uh, so here's what I did. I combed through about 2,000 movies. And what I did was I compiled a list of possibilities, movies that could potentially make my top 10. Once I had my list of possibilities, which honestly, I was surprised at how few there were. It was How many? Uh, gosh, I, um, 10, hold on. Oh, hey, hold on. I'm going to do counting. (laughs) Yes. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So I only had 22 movies to begin with. From that list, I then went through and picked out four movies that were clear first ballot leaders. Following that, I went through the remainder and found four second ballot inductees. And then following that, I picked out two that got in off the third ballot to fill the nine and 10 slot. So how do you boys want to go through this? Do you want to start with a third ballot entrance? Do you want to start at the top? I kind of think it makes sense to do the first ballot, second ballot, then the third ballot. And so go from the top down, but maybe, maybe not. It's your show. It's not my show. Ryan is. I have seven other shows, but this isn't one of them. That all lists should start at the top, right? What do you mean by the top? Like Like number number one. one. I don't believe I've said that. I believe you're mischaracterizing. (laughs) It's either that or the opposite. (laughs) I think that Vic sometimes starts with number one. Uh, I mean, Vic starts with whatever the last thing somebody said to him. (laughs) We we, we should do 10 through 10 through one. Ten to one. So, uh, so my number ten move, and again, this I had to go off the. Well, you know what? Let me let me prep you boys by giving you the twelve movies that did not mm, yes. make well, the list. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. How about that? <laughs> yes, well, I got to I mean, hear these. As, as long as you're good with like crumpling up your fifty minute um, time limit, we're not going to talk about. It. I'm just going to list them for okay. you. Just so you can get a sense of where my head was at. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. The Greatest Showman. Dunkirk. Mad Max Fury Road. Interstellar. Edge of Tomorrow. Lived, I repeat. Wolf of Wall Street. John Wick. G.I. Joe Retaliation, which I will defend (laughs) to the death. (laughs) What year did that come out? 21 Jump Street, Moneyball, and The Social Network. Have you boys seen G.I. Joe Retaliation? (laughs) No. I have seen it. Because the RZA plays a 400-year-old kung fu master, and it's unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even kidding. The the scene where uh, Jonathan Price... Jonathan Price is in this movie. (laughs) He has Zartan... I mean, I would. Uh, I'm sorry. You want anything more from cinema than Jonathan Price as Zartan? Does it have a uh, Channing Tatum? 
Uh, it does. And The Rock. Does and he Bruce keep his Willis. shirt on? Uh, yeah, because he dies Willis in the first 15 minutes. Okay, that's, no, that was... it, it's an amazing, amazing movie. Okay. So, so before you start with your top 10, a question. How many Guy Ritchie movies in the top 10? Uh, I think you'll just have to find out. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Go on. Number 10. Ryan's just, Ryan's just so happy that two Aaron Sorkin movies made the, the honorable mention. <laughs> Number 10, Jack Reacher. Christopher McQuarrie's masterpiece, uh, utterly unlike any of the Reacher books in its own way, um, but a fantastic, un- unbelievably great. Werner Herzog is sensational as the Zek. Uh, the story is really complicated and fun and gratifying. It f- switches between uh, noirish intensity and moments of very serious comedy very quickly. Uh, the bathroom, the, the fight scene in the house is maybe the funniest fight scene I've ever seen, yeah. including the raising Arizona fist fight in the trailer. Uh, and the opening sequence of of Jack Reacher, which is essentially a silent movie. Um, it takes what 10 or 12 minutes and it sets up the crime is so masterfully done. It lays out all the geography for everything. It tells you exactly what has happened. And Macquarie even shows you the bad guy's face and then manages to sort of, still leave you in doubt if you don't know what you're watching uh, as to whether or not the guy who's being charged really did it or not, even though you've seen the face. It's everything about it is fantastic. Yeah. A quick comment. I mean, I, I love that. The first Jack Reacher movie is, is amazing. Like uh, there's more than one. My dad, my dad has read like all of the books. And so I started reading them before the movie came out just to have something to talk to him about. And I mean, even though uh, Jack Reacher is supposed to be like 6'6 six, six and 220 pounds, Tom Cruise <laughs> perfectly, Tom Cruise perfectly embodies <clears throat> the spirit of the character. Yeah. Like he's, he's so great. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. And I only know this because Jack Reacher is the movie that they talked about on the very first substandard episode. True story. True story. Uh, I only know this because of that, that like... How does he embody it? Like Tom Cruise is like five four. Is Jack Reacher from the books? You know, like, here, like here's why. He's the yeah. Key, the key thing about Jack Reacher is that he is a misanthrope, and he is smarter than everybody else. Mm. But he's also like deeply funny. But because he's a misanthrope, all of his humor is for his own enjoyment, right? So he's constantly making little jokes that only he understands, that only amuse himself. And that is exactly what you get in this movie. You get like these little moments where Tom Cruise is throwing away jokes that he is making just for his own edification. Uh, It's great. All I can say, Chris, is if you've read 10 or 12 of the books like I have, and then you watch that movie, you're like, nailed it. Perfect. Tom Cruise nailed it. Like doesn't the size doesn't even matter. We are. are That's 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 what many men tell themselves. (laughs) <laughs> we we are going to have a Tom Cruise appreciation episode where uh, we talk about especially Mission Impossible because I well just... this is why the later Mission Impossibles got oh. uh, because Christopher McQuarrie this was the first Tom Cruise Christopher McQuarrie yeah. and he did he did what five six and he's doing seven 
I don't think that's true. I think Valkyrie was their first uh, first okay. team up. I didn't even know he directed mm. Valkyrie. I believe okay. so. Yeah. So, so a misanthrope who's smarter than everyone else. I can see yeah, why. No, no, John, I, really see I can myself. see why JVL likes this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number nine. Number nine, Iron Man three. Shane Black's totally weirdo, out of left field, kiss kiss bang bang of a Marvel movie, in which uh, he manages to tell an Iron Man story that has almost no Iron Man in it. It's mostly just Tony Stark out doing investigating stuff, and. It is the first superhero movie to grapple seriously with how to deal with a supervillain in the post Heath Ledger Joker world. Because Heath Ledger Joker comes out and essentially wrecks the idea of having these supervillains because he's so good. Uh, so and he does it by by having Ben Kingsley's man, uh, Mandarin character who is done in full Heath Ledger Joker style. But he then pulls the rug out from underneath you by, you know, it's all it's all work. And Ben Kingsley then shifts midway through into being like this crazy drunk Trevor. It's great. It's great. It's great. Who doesn't love this movie? It's the only standalone Iron movie or Iron Man movie that I actually like. Is Iron Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, mean, the second Iron Man movie is maybe the worst Marvel movie. Uh, yeah. well, and the first wait, one is OK. Considering... It's a very low bar. Are we considering the Incredible Hulk movie that nobody watched what? to be Th- part of a Thor movie? Thor 2, I think. Ed, Ed Norton, Ed Norton who demanded all to, to have uh, control of rewriting his dialogue. Yeah, I mean, the only serious con- the only serious competition is th- is Thor Dark World. But I, I think the second Iron Man movie is much worse yeah. than that. because it's, it's- At least Sam Rockwell and, and um, what's-his-face are interesting, like, fun, like, hamming it up. Uh, the, yeah. The Mickey Rourke. I mean, it's a little offensive in the way that it is such a wrong. Like, it really does look like a bunch of actors who are just like cashing in on the unexpected payday yeah. of success of the original Iron Man before they knew what the Marvel universe was really going to turn right. into. Uh, so, anyway, so those are the two the two movies that got in off the third ballot. As is I was Iron Man? Up. Qu- quest, sorry, um, is Iron Man three a Christmas movie? It is. Uh, question: do, do you think Robert Downey Jr. is going to do well? post-Marvel? Do well in what sense? <laughs> Is he going to star in successful movies? He got paid a movies? lot of money for Doolittle. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, John Podoritz texted me after our Doolittle segment, and he made a very good point. He said, you can you could trash Robert Downey Jr. for only getting Doolittle to open at $35 million, except for the fact that if Robert Downey Jr. isn't in that movie, it opens to $5 million. Mm. And that's I not mean, a, that's not a course, ridiculous point. but... I, I think that's a fair point, but they don't spend $175 million on Doolittle either if Robert Downey Jr. isn't in it. Mm, I don't know. I think he should I think he should I try I, to get... For a while, he was trying to get his Oscar. He thought the judge was going to be his Oscar. <laughs> then it had like the... the it, uh, you know... It is amazing. The, uh, the incest... Oscar. But I mean, I, I haven't seen Doolittle. I just looked at the cast, and I think I texted uh, Ryan and Chris. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Banderas, Sheen, Thompson, Malek, uh, John Cena, uh, Nanjani, who doesn't Spencer, love, who doesn't Holland, love Robinson, uh, Ray Fiennes, Selena Gomez, Marion Cotillard. Like it's an amazing cast of actors doing voice parts for animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one at a time. 
It's People an amazing cast, but you know what my kids wanted to see? They wanted to see Jumanji too. They didn't want to. They didn't have any interest in me taking them to see. I don't know. My kids were, were like, "That's interesting that Marion Cotillard is is doing." I heard she's doing a voice part for this animal. I want to see that. That's only my kids are. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh, JVL uh, second tier or second ballot. I guess. The second tier. The second. The second ballot inductees. Uh, number eight, Frozen. Uh. I don't. Frozen is not my yes! favorite of the Disney movies. It is not the best of the Disney movies. It m- is probably the most rewatchable, though. It is the one that rewards v- rewards repeated viewing more than any other, uh, and it also sets the template for everything that Disney animation has become. You know, it, it perfects what was begun with Tangled. Uh, it, it's really just a an astonishing astonishing achievement so and and honestly is still really good to to watch and listen to there we go number yeah. seven unless someone does somebody want to say something about frozen no it's no, i agree i, I love it number seven the martian uh ridley scott it's like the the last really great movie that ridley scott has directed in quite a while uh and this one i'm a little torn because i'm not sure if i love the movie so much because of my affection for the book. Um, I'm a giant, giant nerd for the book. Uh, no, are you guys anti, anti Martian? I've, I've not read the Martian book. I read the book that he wrote after the Martian, which I cannot remember. The Artemis. Name yeah. Artemis. I really like I that. Love book. Artemis. Yeah. Artemis is good. Go in a lot of ways. I like Artemis better. Artemis is Chinatown on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Artemis is great. And it's made me want to go back and read the Martian, but I haven't yet. It's it's fantastically good. Are you guys into The Martian? No. Yes. Chris, you look like you're taking a crap there. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. Okay. So you wait a second. What? You haven't seen The Martian? Hey, I have children too. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But like, seriously, is this the one where uh, Matt Damon attacks Matthew McConaughey on that <laughs> planet far from Earth. No, it's the one where the guy comes down and he lives. He bumps into this Bill Billings, Bill Bill Billingsley, who who uh, is is you know a nice mild mannered neighbor, and then he's got this Martian living with him in his house. They get in a lot of hijinks. And this is a joke. And then, of you and then, old enough to know, right? My Martian. Nothing. No, no. They, I, they, they made a. I'm foreign. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't I'm believe it. Chris, the Martian didn't make my top ten, but it was in my top twenty. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen it. Chris, it made my number one. You are embarrassing us my right now. We have Martian. a guest. We have a guest that we like. It is well established. I have shared my the movies I've watched the last two years, and they are ninety percent kids' movies. <laughs> you should have started with. I haven't seen the Martian. <laughs> okay. Let's I so, feel like I did. There was a spate during the late 1990s when every 60s TV show known to man was greenlit and turned into a a feature film. And so you had uh, you had Bewitched and you had also My Favorite Martian starring Jeff Daniels and Christopher Lloyd and Elizabeth Hurley. And man, I think it was a dog. Okay. Uh, after the Martian, Ridley has made Alien Covenant and All the Money in the World. Yeah, but, but JVL said it's his first good movie he's made in a long time. So, so like he's saying, leading up to that, he I didn't make it's the, the first. Uh, if you, oh, I, let me go back and look, let me look up Ridley Scott's. I mean, Ridley Scott is a very, very good director mm-hmm. who 
early in his career made a lot of five star movies and has settled into more like the three and a half, four star range. I think that's fair. Would we say that that's fair? Yeah. I mean, um, but the Martian was his did, uh, just a home run. Do we not? Do we not agree? When did the alien, the later alien movie, he Prometheus? That yeah, one, Prometheus. I love Prometheus. It's 2012. Okay, so yeah, before so the Martian, that, the Martian was after that. So yeah, Robin Hood, Body of Lies, American Gangster, Robin. Some Hood. of which, like American Gangster, is a good movie, right? Body of Lies is a good movie. Body of Lies is fun because Matchstick Bandit. I, I think I, of Mar- I think of I think of The Martian as his best movie since Black Hawk Down. I'm, as I am sitting on his IMDb page, I look to see that he is attached to Queen and Country. Which have any of you boys read the Queen and Country graphic novels? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Oh, I didn't run, them. but don't walk. Are they unaudible? Unbelievably awesome. So they're written by Greg Rucka, who is my favorite comic book writer on the planet. And it is a, oh. a series about uh, MI6, in, which has to be the most realistic spy thing ever written. Because 80% of what happens is that the secret agent operatives like sit around in headquarters, like waiting to go sent out on, on assignment. And half the time when they get to some foreign country, it turns out like there's nothing to do there. It's great. Okay, I'm not selling it well, but it's better. But I think it's <laughs> number six. Number six, Sherlock Holmes, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes. It's amazing. Everything about this movie is amazing, and I could sit and watch Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. bicker all day, every day for the rest of my life. Everything, everything about this movie is perfect. Yeah, no, there's something about Sherlock Holmes that's just like the nice guys for me is that if it's on TV or I just want something to watch, like something to put on and enjoy while it's on, it it always works. Yeah, yeah, it does. And Mark Strong is great. Everything, everything in this movie is fabulous. Rachel McAdams, who Chris doesn't think is a good actress, she's great in it. She is a good actress. She's a little bit out of her depth here. Fair. I said it. So she was... She was better in the... Was she in the Wolf Harrell Sherlock, too? No, she wasn't. That was Rebecca Hall. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Number five, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Chris McQuarrie. I'm a huge sucker for the Mission Impossible movies. I think this is the best of all of them. Uh, It introduces Rebecca Ferguson. I just can't even tell you how much... I love this. The, from from the opera house Turando scene. To oh my gosh! The, the, the so... endless funny stuff. Like yeah. it, when they so after they pull off the big heist uh, and Tom Cruise dies and he is then shocked back <laughs> to life. He, <laughs> he drives. He and and Benji go outside to get into a car and Cruise tries to slide over the hood as Tom Cruise is wanting to do <laughs> is he just runs right the fuck into the car and falls over and Benji says to him are you okay are you but the funny part so right so you have like the three levels of humor right the first humor is the physical humor of him running into the car the second level of humor is Benji saying gee are you okay before you get to drive <laughs> yeah. and then the third level is Cruise looking at him like he's crazy and said <laughs> like, yeah 
As I'm, if, yeah. as if I'm they, Ethan Hunt. Of course, I'm a fucking weird drunk. person yeah. to ask this because of course I'm fine. Why would you ask? That? Yeah, he he's just been dead ten minutes earlier. Uh, but no, it, it's great. And as you said, like it's really funny. Like more so than Fallout, which is the next one in the series. Like this movie is funny and enjoyable all throughout. It it was great. I I saw it for the first time last week. It was amazing. Yeah, and uh, yeah. tense. It's it's. It's a perfect movie again. It, it's great. It's it's definitely the best Mission Impossible movie. Ah, so, so, so well, speaking of Ethan Hunt, do you guys remember what JVL called Ethan Hunt on the podcast? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't think so. I didn't oh, know what he said. It was it was it was bleeped out, so I have no idea what he might have said. Hunt. I probably called him Ethan Punt. <laughs> that, that makes sense. That's probably it. It wasn't a joke. It was like literally a slip of the tongue. Uh, so, so that's the that's the second Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. You have a thing for dwarves. Second Tom Cruise movie. Second Christopher McQuarrie right. movie. For those of us keeping score at home, and this brings us to the first ballot leaders, the four movies that are unquestionably the four best movies of the 2010s. Uh, these are ones that. Just on the eyeball test, right? You look and you go, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Uh, and number four is Chav King Arthur. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> We're done. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I am not even kidding. This is not a work. This, this is, is your greatest troll. Yeah, I appreciate that you're this still keeping up with the troll. Shoot. It is... One of my four favorite movies of the last decade. Oh my gosh. So the, the, thing, the thing that I will say in favor of this movie is that it was the first movie that Chris and I watched together in person. Yes. On yes. Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. But you guys love it. <laughs> you guys uh, we, we, There's a difference between enjoying watching a movie together and saying it's a, <laughs> one of the greatest movies of the decade. Jude Law is good in this movie. Like Jude Law realizes what this movie is, and he's having a good time. It has David Beckham. It has a giant snake. <laughs> David Beckham was great. The giant snake didn't make a lot of sense, but that was fun. It had the Shadowlands. Didn't didn't get those either. Some um, some sort of mythical war elephants in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Hold the crown and hold it steady. <laughs> Everything about this movie is great. Uh, number three, nineteen seventeen. I'm a little a little nervous about this pick everything else in on my list. I'm really, I will defend all the way to the death. I will defend Iron Man three and Jack Reacher. I will even defend honestly, uh, GI Joe retaliation on my honorable mention. I'm a little nervous about having 1917 in the three hole because I did just see it about like right. 17 days ago. And yet I don't know. I, I, in a perfect world, I would want to have a year or two to meditate on this. Sure. So maybe we'll just put it there with an asterisk. Do you okay. th- do you think when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever, are you, are you immediately going to buy it? Watch it? Well, what so, is a so Blu-ray? Here is a, a very real question. Because uh, I think that 1917 could be a movie like Gravity, like Avatar, that only works on the big screen. I mean, we forget that this is a thing, but oh, it is shit. a thing. I mean, there are there are some movies which which don't actually work at home. Yeah, uh, and I'm 1970 could sure. be like that. I don't know. L- little I mean, it's, 
It's true of Gravity. <laughs> I mean, I loved Gravity in the theater, and then I rewatched it a couple years ago, and I was like, eh, it's. But that's it's not fine. the movie's fault. That's the format's no, yeah. fault. Yeah. If you're wa- if you're watching Downton so, Abbey on your 55 inch <laughs> Samsung, you are watching in the wrong way. <laughs> Downton Abbey Lady doesn't bones. to be doesn't deserve to be watched in portrait mode on your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, and so this is where all of a sudden our lists converge. At number two, number two, Inception. Right. I mean, well, like, I mean, I, it was it was high on my list. These other two idiots had it way lower. I what picked other Christopher Nolan movies. Was on my higher. list, though. <laughs> I love Interstellar. I'm sorry. I love Interstellar. It was my number one. Well, maybe if your daughter was your favorite, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but and I assume that you have the Danny Boyle, Steve Jobs movie as like obviously your number one. So you're not even going to list it, right? My number one is Dark Knight Rises. Right? I mean, I don't know. It's the great movie for our time. So your and Vic's list match at number and one. And yours. Didn't all of you guys have Dark Knight Rises in your top ten as well? I had Steve Jobs. as None of us had, had Dark Knight Rises in our top ten. Are you? I would have had the Dark Knight as number one. I like the Dark Knight a lot more than I like Dark Knight Rises. So may I make a case for you on, on this? Let's go. I think the Dark Knight is a better movie. And yet... Mm-hmm. The power of Dark Knight Rises is its third act. And the third act in Dark Knight Rises is so good. Uh, it is the equivalent of the third act of Inception, where Nolan is keeping three timelines in the air at once with the tension equally taut in all of them. Right. You know, and, and, and moving from one to another he never lets slack the tension of it. That third act of Dark Knight Rises is such a freight train. And then he sticks the ending so perfectly because there's nothing extraneous. There are not five different endings on it. Like it's just, you know, when the movie's over, boom, it's over. That is so satisfying as a viewer that even though it has first act problems and it is not as perfect a movie as uh, as the Dark Knight itself is, that third act payoff is so good. Uh, it's such a dopamine rush that I, I just, it's the one that I reach for all the time now. I, I would agree it, it that is the a third act of The Dark Knight Rises is better than The Dark Knight. Yeah. And it, ha- it has such a phenomenal cast. Uh, Marion Cotillard of Tom just Hardy, let it. Love Lord it. Baelish, um, the hottest woman uh, alive, Anne Hathaway. Gary Oldman, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, I love Ben Mendelsohn. Is Um, there anything better than Marion Cotillard playing both sexy and crazy in the same movie? Because Marion Cotillard is amazing and her crazy Marion Cotillard is amazing. But you put those two together and it's like the Reese's fucking peanut butter cups of sex. (laughs) Even um, what's Matthew Modine? Yeah, he's totally believable as, you know the guy who you know finds his bravery at the end and dies yeah 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 and dies. yeah and dies Great. yeah exactly yeah. like most movies he would live and hathaway too is mm. good in this thing yeah i mean that the the scene where he shows back up right so bruce wayne returns to gotham and you get her reaction the first time you see him come back is through her eyes through so you get the reaction shot from her 
And she does like five subtle emotions in about a second and a half. And it's just like, geez, I don't understand why people hate Anne Hathaway. They should. She's great. Wait, who, people, who hates she's her? hated online. Oh, yeah. I think the internet hates her and I don't understand why she's the best. She's like the fucking yeah. Reaper Virgin. Yeah, she's sure. great. Yeah. I, and, I wasn't aware of this. She, she and I were born on the same day. Wow. And fun fact. Know, Look how the two of you. I bet she did not make her husband eat off of a uh, dog cleaned plate as her shit test for him. Well, her husband. Well, she, her, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Are you aware? Or no, boyfriend. I don't think they got married. But boyfriend. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, cat, and not catfish. He was just he was just like a fraud. Um, he was the. Tied in with the Vatican, too, right? Yeah. Uh, like, he had a relative who was, and so he made all sorts of promises that, like, yeah. To be clear, he's not as bad as the actual Cardinals. <laughs> I forgot. And also, Thomas Lennon. He's the doctor in The Dark Knight Rises. That's right. I love Thomas Lennon. Love you some Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Jonathan, I am guessing that you have a Bane impression. I haven't really thought of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I do a bad Bane impression. <laughs> go, go get... Go get uh, go get Flash's nut cup, put it over your face, <laughs> and give us a nice bean. You were only born into the darkness. <laughs> I adopted it. No, that's wrong, right? It's backwards, right? You only adopted the darkness I was born into. Whatever. I fucking, my Johnny Ivy is better than my bean. That's true. That's no one denies. Johnny sad. Ivy doesn't have any doesn't have any comments for the 2015 Danny Boyle, Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs movie. Well, qu- question: Does Dan- does he have any comments on the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs movie, <laughs> written by Aaron Sorkin? Aaron Sorkin didn't write the Ashton Kutcher They're one. They're trolling me. They're trolling <laughs> me by saying the Ashton Kutcher one. I like the Danny Boyle, Michael Fassbender yeah. one. Do I do I need to retire that bit now that I've actually watched the Michael Fassbender, Aaron Sorkin one, pretending good, that I'm confused right. and and a very underrated Kate Winslet as like the. Second the widow lady. job. She's the she's great. No, no. She's like his assistant. Yeah, but she's she great. Really... Uh, so what Sorkin does is he creates people that like have to, you know, have the conversation that he wants to have with right. the main character. Like he did in Molly's game. The lawyer was like basically him talking to Molly in real life. Uh, and that's who Kate Winslet's character was in uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, we we are starting to run out of time with uh, JVL. Is there anything else you want to add to your lists? Are you happy with? No, us? no, I'm 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 very happy with with except 1917, which makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, and I'm I uh, you know I'm I'm a little. I assume you guys will make fun of me after I'm off the air, but uh, but I I am willing to fight anybody on all of this, uh, especially GI Joe retaliation. We so we have you- spent exactly zero minutes making fun of you. On the air, so yeah. Well, I, again, you're gonna wait till I'm gone. Uh, the, the SSEU SBEU is is a little concerned about the fact that the the sub beacon might die. Do you, do you have anything to say about this? I can talk to you guys about it off air. In ten years, when when we sit down to record with you, <laughs> will Bad Boys for Life be your number one of the last decade? I mean, anything's possible, but I do <laughs> assume that Guy Ritchie will direct another movie. Okay. Well, he did. The gentleman. Are, are you guys? Are, are you guys talking about the gentleman weekend soon? I saw this. Yeah. Was so it's not going to be your number one. 
I, I it was fine. It was. Have you guys seen it yet? No, no. Uh, I'm going. I want to. If I... I would say it is. A, it is more in the in the vein of Snatch than it is of any of his more recent movies. It's a more highly polished version of Snatch. There's nothing special about it, but it's enjoyable if you like. If you like Snatch, I love like Snatch. I, I really like. I, I think that's that in my Guy Ritchie ranking. That's that's the number the one. Top. Yeah. Okay. Really? That's your number one? Well, it's certainly not Chav King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ryan, well, in so many ways, well, we're the same person. And yet... <laughs> okay, sorry. Aladdin? As, as, as I texted snacks. you when you when you released your Uncut Gems uh, take on the Secret Podcast, I said, at least I will never be able to reliably predict your take. Like... <laughs> Never. Something. I, I would have. I would have. I was certain that you were going to love Uncut Gems, and then you're like, "Nope, worst movie. Adam Sandler <laughs> sucks. Safety Brothers can go stick a dick." So I, w- I will say this about the gentleman: uh, Colin Farrell is. <laughs> I don't know that I fully realized how funny he was. I actually think Colin Farrell is wildly underrated. Uh, I have loved him in almost everything I've ever seen him in Um, from Miami Vice to his stupid Alexander the Great movie to Daredevil where he's the only watchable thing on the screen yeah Um, he's just great in everything he's he's ever been in have you seen in Bruges Uh, yeah oh it's so good He's he's yeah yeah he was he was on so much cocaine during Miami Vice and it's 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 perfect. I, I would prefer him. Like, I, if if I could go back to him at that time, like, no, get clean after this movie. <laughs> Do cocaine during this movie. It's going to be great. He is funny in this. Man, he's funny. Uh, I read articles that say he steals this movie. And I really want to see it. Kind steals, of it from, steals it from Maddie? I don't think so. It's... It's a, there are a lot of people who are very, I mean, as you would expect with like the crazy guy, Richie with his, cause he, you know, he's got his stable of actors. Mm. I will say that he basically has subbed Colin Farrell in for Brad Pitt. I'm into it. I, I want to see it. I believe that is all the time we are giving to this episode. JVO, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks guys. Your ranking has a few good movies. It was okay. Anyway, good night and good luck everyone. See you next week. Ones who've gone on, I'm only going over Jordan. I'm only going over home. I am a poor wayfaring stranger. I'm traveling through this world of war Yet there's no sickness, toil, nor danger In that bright land to which I go I'm going there to see my father I'm going there no more to roam I'm only going
the Jordan, I'm only going over home.